the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you are a faithful steward of God's resources, you know that God requires the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is a critical aspect of stewardship, but the question is, how are you managing the 90% God entrusts to you? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to teach on this subject. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. So I want to say there is never a time where God ceases to love us. God loves us at our best, and he loves us at our what? Our worst. That's where you can shake your fist in the face of God, and he still loves you. As a matter of fact, they did that to Jesus. They plucked his beard. They pierced him in the side. They hung him on a cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He loved them unto death. He loved. And by the way, he wants you to choose to love him. And if you choose to reject him, He still loves you in spite of your rejection. Let me just say it this way that'll really wake you up. God, even if you reject him and the consequences of rejecting him is hell and he will love you unto hell or straight into hell. He doesn't stop loving you. He said, these are the consequences for rejecting me, but it does not dismiss my love for you. It's powerful to even think about that, that people in hell, he didn't want to see there, and they go there because of their own choice. He said, you didn't want me, so now you'll spend all eternity without me, but I still love you. You rejected my son. You rejected my love. I let you have the consequence of your choice. What else has God gifted? I just got to stop and park right here. Excuse the English, but ain't he good? <laughs> oh, y'all, come on. If anybody knows he's good, you ought to be saying amen. Ain't he good? Who but a God could do all of this for us, and then we turn around and can't bless him back with our tithes and offerings. Shame on us. What has God gifted us with? He has gifted us with the Bible. You know, the Bible is a gift from God. There are so many languages in the world that still do not have, that, that, that still does not have the Bible in their language. And we, and I, some of us, you have big Bibles, Bibles in Braille, you got pocket-sized Bibles, you got half Bibles, or just New Testament. I like the old counsel of God. I, I pack around a whole Bible, a whole Bible, the whole counsel of God. And uh, some of you got, you can just count the Bibles, collecting dust. And that's why your life is so dusty. Dusty. The Bible is a gift from God. Where is your Bible? It is amazing how people don't bring their Bible to the Lord's house on the Lord's day. You say, I got it in technology. Oh, good. I could be preaching from technology. There's nothing wrong with technology. You got software, I have at it. But uh, I've been pastoring for almost 32 years, and I've only come up here with one book. 
because this book is the only book that God ever wrote. I'm not going to even come up here with some kind of gadget or iPad or some. What if the battery goes out, the malfunction, then, then I can't even read the scripture because it's all, I guess I have to have the whole thing memorized. It's no substitute for the Bible. I never will forget, I was on my way to the Philippines with my wife, and we were sitting in the center section on this huge um, uh, 747 uh, jet, and I couldn't sleep that night. I got the little light on above me, and I pulled my Bible out, and I began to read and prepare myself for where I was going to go and minister. And I opened the pages of Scripture, began to read, and then two rows down on the same row in the middle section, this guy looked over, my wife was asleep. He He said, I know what that book is. I said, you do? He said, he said, it's a Bible. I said, yeah, you got it right. He said, can you come over here and tell me something about it? And I went over there, and I went all the way around. I came, and I parked, and I got on my knees right there on that plane and began to tell him about the Holy Scripture and began to witness to him. And there were some other missionaries on the plane seeing that exchange going on. And when I finished, the missionaries that I did not know were on that plane, they said, you know, we were praying for you as you were ministering to that guy. But had I not pulled my Bible out and pulled the technology out, he thought I'd been playing Pac-Man or something on that Bible, on, on the computer, you know? And so, matter of fact, another occasion, I took the Bible out. I was on my way to India, and the attendant, flight attendant, a lady, and she said, wow, the Bible. She got so excited and she had lots of questions for me. And I began to answer her questions, began to minister to her. And then she opened her purse and said, where are you going to minister? Can you give this offering to the place that you're going to minister? I was so blessed that I want to be in on what God is doing in your ministry where you're going. And she gave an offering that I put in the offering plate and she was going a whole nother direction, but she wanted to be a blessing because she got blessed from the experience, just because I took out the Bible. I dare you to take out your Bible. On the work, in the workplace, in the lunch, whatever, all of a sudden, people will take note of it, and they will resent you, or they will love you. Some will fall into conviction because they're Christians, but they don't have their Bible. So the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. The word profitable means beneficial productive, and sufficient. Okay, profitable. The, the word, of, if you take this word of God and if you read it and uh, interpret it correctly and apply it to your life, it will be profitable to your life. It will change your behavior. It'll change your children. It'll change your lifestyle. It'll change your talk, your walk. It'll change your thinking. It'll change everything about you. It's beneficial, productive, and sufficient for, uh, also for doctrine, what is doctrine? It's teaching. It is divine instruction given to believers through God's word. That's what d- doctrine is. Divine instruction given to believers through God's word. Doctrine. We need sound doctrine. We don't need light, fluffy stuff. We need, you need conviction. You need the word of God to step on your feet, to, to make you holler out, to conform you to, to the Lord. So, uh, so uh, all scripture is given for reproof. That's rebuking in order to convict of sin, to convict of misbehavior, and to rebuke false doctrine. So many churches are perpetuating false doctrine, and dispensing it out there. And, but the Bible helps you not to swallow poison that's detriment to your family. Be careful where you put the, the kind of teaching you put your children and your wife and family under. 
because every church is not a Bible-teaching church. And if you yourself don't know what is truth, how can you detect what is error? So for reproof, rebuking in order to convict of sin, misbehavior, of false doctrine, for correction. You know what that means? That means to set up straight, uh, the deeper meaning of that word from the language. It is to set up straight or helping a person back on their feet after stumbling. Correction. It is to set up what? Straight or helping a person back on their feet after stumbling. The word of God will correct you. It will straighten you out. (laughs) It will pick you up. For instruction in righteousness, what would you say? What is that? That's training and guidance. That's training and guiding believers in the ways of God. For instruction in righteousness. This is training and guiding believers in the ways of God. You, you have to be trained. That's why so much biblical illiteracy. That's why people are so uncommitted. That's why people give so little. They haven't been trained. They haven't been taught how to give as a child. You have to, you with little children, my children, I have grandchildren now. They, a couple of them stayed, spent the night with me day all day and night last night. And we have to train them up in the way they should go. Your children don't automatically start obeying. You have to teach them how to bless their food. You have to teach them, begin to teach them how to walk and teach them acceptable behavior and unacceptable behavior. And when they rebel, you have been given the authority, according to the scripture in Proverbs, to correct them with some discipline. And that means you can put something on the fatty tissue of their backside to stimulate them to love and good works. Okay? Not abuse, but the whoopings has its place and uh, it should be done in love. And most of the time they, people say, well, this is going to hurt. Parents, you say it's going to hurt you worse uh, then it's going to hurt me. But the child say, I don't believe that because I'm feeling the pain. But um, children will be a renegade. You just let them hit you and bite you and stomp on your feet and you don't correct that. That's not cute. You let them talk back to you when they five. What you going to do when they get 15, 18? They'll slap your face and dare you. They'll, they'll beat you up because those kids, most time they get bigger than you. You better deal with them down there. That's right. Don't put up with the stuff. Now, don't be harsh and don't be cruel. Be child-friendly. Love the children. They, they need to see the love of God, the gentleness, the love, you know, and all those things. But they ought to see the correctiveness to the training aspect. And we're here to be trained. That's why Sunday school. I wonder how many of you went to Sunday school today. What is your Sunday school teacher's name? What is the curriculum in Sunday school? But oh, if your child cut class, I dare you cut class. You didn't go to class. I didn't feed you and put those new school clothes on you for you to miss. You chew them out and spit them out. But then you cut Sunday school. Maybe somebody need to do that to you when you cut class. Look how quiet it is now. (laughs) Strangely quiet. What about being here tonight? Training, the Lord's Supper tonight, baptism tonight, all of that. I'm going to be instructing your children right over there. I'm going to be looking in the pupil of their eyes tonight, and I'm going to be serving them and ministering them the word of God. I'm going to be loving on them. And if you don't bring them back tonight, that's spiritual negligence. To have your pastor reinforce what you're teaching in the home to your children here at the church speaks volumes, 
speaks volumes. If you're too busy to get your children here tonight at 6 o'clock, I mean, you are too busy to, to thank God for Holy Communion because he died on the cross for us and celebrating baptism and all these things is just spiritually healthy and we are commanded to do it because Jesus tells us so, amen? Now, the Bible is without a doubt the greatest book on earth because it is the book of life and God's revelation to man. Without a doubt, it's the greatest, no book. I see people read all kinds of books and just all kinds of novels, five and 600 pages, and I say, wow, that takes a lot of time to read all that stuff. Man, I just want to spend my time reading the pages of Scripture, you see. And then when I don't read as I should, I fall under conviction and I'm miserable. As a matter of fact, I begin to have spiritual withdrawals simply because I feel a sense of inadequacy because I haven't had my dosage of the word sufficiently. Now, when you, when you, when you fail to read the word of God, does it bother you that you haven't picked up the Bible in four months, three months, once a week, only when the preachers say, open your Bible? How you, you don't eat once a week. If you only ate once a week, you'd have been dead 30 years ago, if you're older than 30 or 30 older. You, can't, you, can't, you cannot survive like that. You need daily, daily you need the Word of God, day and night, meditating on the Word of God. If you're going to meditate on the Word of God day and night, like it says in Psalms 1, a whole lot of other things has to be screened out of your lives. The Bible is without a doubt the greatest book on earth because it is the book of life and God's revelation to man. It is given by inspiration of God, which literally means, write this down, breathe out by God. It means breathe out by God or simply God breathe. Inspiration is breathe out by God or simply God breathe. It is also infallible, which means it is on the line trustworthy and flawless. And it is inerrant, which means it contains no mistakes and is reliable. Let me repeat it again. Uh, Inspiration means God, breathe out by God, which simply means God breathe. It is also infallible, which means it is trustworthy and flawless, and it is inerrant, which means it contains no mistakes and is reliable. In other words, the word of God is so inspired that when the scripture speaks, God speaks. This is the canon of scripture. God is not writing any more Bible, okay? From 66 books in the Bible, two testament, old and new, from Genesis to Revelation, whole counsel of God, and that's it. And it's all inspired. And there is no new revelation in addition to this book. Matter of fact, the Bible also says, even in Revelation, you'll receive the place of this book if you add anything to it or take anything from it, you have to leave it as it is. God knew exactly what he was doing. So when the scripture speaks, God speaks. Psalms 119.89 says, Psalms 119.89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The Bible is also medicine for the sin-sick soul, and it is eternal in nature. The scripture says in Matthew 24.35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. 
these chairs going to pass away, this pulpit going to pass away, this platform going to pass away, the clothes you have on your back going to pass away, uh, you think all of the, the hair colors going to pass away, shoes and golf clubs and cruise ships and all these things going to pass away, but his word will by no means pass away. What is another gift that God has given us? Number six, prayer. Say prayer. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Now in the Old Testament, the common people could not enter the holy places in the temple, in the Old Testament economy. However, today prayer is the, the word is gift of direct access. Prayer is the gift of direct access to God himself any time and any place. You don't need an intermediary, you know, to get to God. Intermediary, I-N-T-E-R-M-E-D-I-A-R-Y. You don't need an intermediary such as the Pope. You, you got well, I got to see Pope, Pope, whoever the Pope is. Those different Popes, they got different Popes. They come and go, a little smoke come out the chimney, got a new, change color, got a new Pope. You can't get over that. Listen, if I got to get to the Pope to get a prayer through, we all in bad shape. You, you don't need a Pope. You don't have to, to get to God through a priest. You don't need Pastor Draper. You don't need me. I could be who knows where. Get to the throne room of God for prayer because Christ is our great high priest. Regrettably, we fail to take full advantage of this direct connection to God. However, it is wonderful it is wonderful how wonderful it is that when we talk to God, we do not need Wi-Fi. When we talk to God, we do not need an internet server, nor do we need to worry about drop calls. <laughs> it, 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 it is the grace of God that gives us the privilege of approaching a holy God confidently, boldly, confidently, freely, and in humility to share whatever is on our hearts as his children. If we had to pay for a long-distance service to talk to God in heaven, what would that bill be? Just one call. You know, heaven, earth, and you're going to pay for that connection? What would that one, we'll be paying on that one call the rest of our life and still wouldn't be paying. And, and yet you can pray to God and that prayer goes straight to him and he hears. Some people often ask, well, why should I talk to him anyway? He already knows what I'm going to say before I say it. He, you just said he's the all-wise God, so why do I need to talk to him? I'm glad you asked that. You need to talk to him simply because he wants you utterly dependent upon him. When you talk to God and God talks to you, you that's called communion. Say communion. And when you and God get to talking and talking and talking, you know what happens? Your relationship with God is strengthened. Your relationship with God is strengthened. You, you get spiritual nourishment. You get spiritual insight. You're made strong, my friends. That's why he wants you to talk to him. Psalms 32, 6a says, for this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. If you are godly, then you should be praying because godly people pray and know the necessity of prayer. When was the last time you made a Wednesday night prayer meeting at 6.30 when we're here praying to our Heavenly Father? 
with all the shootings and all the things that's going around, I mean, shootings in movie theaters, shootings on, in school campuses, co- college camp, nothing's off limits. Shootings and killings at Sandy Hooks in elementary school. Listen, what can you on planes? Listen, I'm going to tell you now, if you don't pray and if you don't have a prayer covering over your family, if you're not laying hands on your family, daddy, then, 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 then what is priority? When you're too busy to pray, you are too busy. As a matter of fact, dad, you're the priest in the home, and I, I pose a question for you. When is the last time your child stumbled in the room at any point in your house and found you on your knees in prayer? You talking about making an impact. I saw dad on his knees talking to God. Oh, I remember in Greenwood, Louisiana, back in the country, my grandma Emma, I was about eight, nine years old, and I was laying in that bed. She thought I was asleep, and I heard her on her knee. Oh, Lord, you know I need you. Lord, help my children. Oh, she was just crying out to God, and I was just listening to her pray. Wouldn't say a word, but I heard her crying out to God. When is the last time, Mama, you sang to your children? You say, I can't sing. If you can talk, you can sing. I don't care about singing off key. Just sing off key. God will sweeten the key. Oh, my friend, Psalms 55, 17 says, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. In other words, we ought to be praying all day, every day. We need the Lord 24-7. It's number seven. Well, another gift that God has given us is the gift of his presence. The gift of his presence. Matthew 28, 20b, it says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, Deuteronomy 31a says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. You know, when we get fretful is when we fail to focus on the fact that the Lord is with you. Now, if you're living like the devil, the Lord is not with you. If you're in pornography and you're homongering and you're cussing and screaming and beating your wife and slamming doors and not speaking for two months. The Lord ain't in that mess. Okay, don't put, the, don't put God in that. And don't ask for God help while you live like a fool. God blesses the righteous. Why don't y'all say amen? H- having God's presence means we are never alone. As Christians, when we fail to, the word is acknowledge, when we fail to acknowledge his presence, It leads to fear and uncertainty. Be mindful, a life of holiness and obedience attracts his presence. A life of holiness and obedience attracts his presence. You want God to move in your life? You want God to be manifested, revealed in your life? Then live holy and be obedient and watch your life shine and people be drawn to you as a as a Christian man, drawn to you as a Christian woman because of the light of Christ that's emanating from you. Another gift from God is protection. Number eight, protection. 
Psalms 144, 1 and 2 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Psalms 512 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield, as I forestated. Don't expect God to be your defender while you're living like the devil. You have to live in such a way that the Lord will bless you. You have to live in such a way that the Lord will protect you and provide for you. A, it is the, the word is protective hand of God that has kept us through dangers seen and unseen. It is the protective hand of God. Listen, you're talking about the danger. How many of y'all have been through some dangerous stuff? I know you have, but you know what? You would pass out on this floor and not wake up if God was to unveil to you all the unseen dangers that almost happened that did not happen. God did not permit it, and you didn't have a clue that you were about to be wiped out, and God navigated you, and you don't even know you've been navigated with Sometimes God will cause you to pass up, go another way, do something that you don't normally do, break the normal routine, and then you look back and say, oh, my God, had I gone that way at that time, this would have happened. That's, that's, the, that's the protective care of God. Listen, God is protecting you when you don't know you're being protected. Why don't you say amen? What's so amazing is that the Lord keeps us when we don't deserve to be kept. Some of you got bad attitudes. You're mean, you're honorary, always fussing and grouchy. You, you, you like the Grinch that stole Christmas. And you know what? And somehow, God in his mercy keeps us in spite of ourselves. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.